Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, what do you want to do? I'm here, baby. I'm ready, baby. I'm waiting on you. Watch Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It is Sam and Greg. We usually get the John Chuckery zone. Yeah, well, we want to make sure people are paying attention. <laughs> Wait. Uh, I'll throw that on for you. <laughs> a little you, very early you, on. This is John Chuckery after 10 o'clock. Ah, yeah. like I said, people appreciate that. <laughs> look at the clock again. <laughs> Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. On this Saturday morning, we say to you, good morning. Morning, Georgia. Morning. And a special good morning to you fine folks in Marietta. Marietta. Now, you see what I did here? I'm going to bring this full circle. Little did I know when we had our guest on earlier, which was Dave Hunter, um, Corky Kell director, talking about the big matchup this year, the last game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the Corky Kell Classic is between the city I've mentioned in the 6 o'clock hour and now the one I mentioned here in the 9 o'clock hour. How about that? Grayson versus Marietta. That's the last game that's going to wrap it all up. I had no idea. So all we can say to you folks at Marietta is enjoy your weekend, continue having your program ascend, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for that last matchup of the Corky Kell Classic. All right. How you like that? Yeah, that's great. Ah, fantastic. That's your average idiot you're dealing with here. <laughs> so, as I say that, and we welcome you to the 9 o'clock hour, we have a guest that we were really hoping to get on, and we, and we now have him. And this man does so many different things, so many amazing things, but we're glad he's got some time for us this morning. Keith Marshall, uh, good morning to you. Welcome morning, to Sports Radio 929 The Game. Fellas, good morning. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Always great to have you on, man. Uh, you doing so many different things, and one of the things we were alerted to was something that you were working on with, uh, called Players Lounge, and uh, we're going get, to get into that. But but first of all, before we do any of that, <laughs> you know, we got to talk to you about what your alma mater did last year and what do you think it's going to take for them to be back in, and, and do it again this year. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, so obviously last year, man, it was a long time coming. Um, as somebody that played, you know, we we kind of got our hearts broken by Alabama so many times. So to finally get it done in that fashion in the big stage at the big at the end of the game like that, I know all of the Georgia fans were ecstatic. You know, I was on the edge of my seat, kind of just waiting to see that clock hit zero to make sure it was real. Yeah, um, that's I'm what sure I was going to ask you, fans. <laughs> where'd you, where'd you watch it at? Where who were you with? So I actually watched it with the Marlo Herrera, who was the linebacker that played with yeah. me. Um, I'm not somebody that likes to go out and watch it with a lot of people. I kind of got to sit down and be able to focus on the game, you know. 
<laughs> so what's it going to take for him to get it back? I'm excited. I'm 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 uh, optimistic. We'll say, uh, you know, obviously they've been recruiting their tails off. We got a lot of young kids that are going to come in and step in and fill some of those gaps that we lost. But obviously, with the number of guys that we had drafted last year, it's going to be somewhat of a rebuild. Um, I think what will happen this year is obviously offensively, I think we'll be a little bit more seasoned, and so hopefully, you know, that'll kind of be at least to start the season off. That'll be what uh, maintains us, and then you know, hopefully, those gaps on defense, guys will get in there and get comfortable, and you know, some of that young talent that we've recruited will show up, but. Um, you know, it's a different it's a different beast when you're trying to defend as in, in in comparison to when you're trying to get to the top of the mountain. So I'm excited to see what the guys' mindset is coming into the season. Keith Marshall joining Sam and Greg Sports Radio, 929 the game, 929thegame.com. Let's stay in college sports right now. And the conversation begins and ends with a with NILs. And what would that have been like if it were in place for you when you were being recruited? I would have been beautiful, man. I'm 10 years too late. You know, all these kids are getting paid. I mean, they're getting paid real money, too. It's, it's really amazing to see happen. Um, but obviously, you know, some of the guys that I came through with, they got in trouble for, you know, signing autographs. That wouldn't have happened. My boy Todd might have himself a Heisman Trophy. Um, so, you know, it would have been it would have been an amazing thing. But I'm glad that, you know, these kids are finally able to start leveraging what they're doing on and off the field. And, you know, when I was in college, it was actually one of those things I was a part of as far as sitting on different committees that were – pushing to get kids and, you know, collegiate athletes more resources. So I'm excited to finally hear for the kids, man. Well, now, as you hear some of the pushback, because it's like the Wild West out there right now, and, and you see the money that's flying, but there's still some things that need to be tweaked with it. What are some of the things, if you were in charge of whatever happens next with NILs, what would you like to see happen or maybe done a little bit differently? Honestly, I have, this is, you know, somewhat of a, probably a rabbit hole, but I have less an issue with NIL than I do the transfer portal. I think that com- compl- uh, you know provides additional complexity to it because the kids can basically just you know go wherever they want at any time to go get more money. Um, but NIL itself, I mean, obviously we're just I think past the one year mark, so I think some of the things that have to happen are more on the infrastructure side of things in terms of like consistent law state to state. Right now, each state is operating completely different. Some states high school kids can get paid, others they can't. Some states the universities can help out, other states they can't. So. I think the number one thing is just that the NCAA needs to come up with some type of consistent protocol so that everybody knows how to function state to state. Um, and then I think, you know, there's obviously a way that probably these universities need to get involved to just protect some of these athletes because, um, you know, when you're dealing with contracts and money, you know, those things have implications once you sign your name on that line. And I, I don't anticipate a lot of these young kids really understand the, the significance of what that means. We're spending time on the waitforit.com hotline this morning with Keith Marshall, former George Bulldog, played for Washington in the National Football League. And he is social. You can follow him on Twitter at Truth, uh, let me see, Truth, Truth H4. Truth 4 with two H's. With two H's. Why two H's? Uh, I think that's just because it was available. So I've been like that since high school. Man. <laughs> I just never wanted to change it. All right. I want to make sure I wasn't see, was seeing that right. Truth 4 uh, joining us now. You uh, organized something, uh, Players Lounge. Thoughts about the concept of that and some of the people involved because you, you, you're getting some people who've experienced, had that experience in college athletics and looking at other ways to kind of leverage it. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So, man, the players, when I was, it really started off as kind of a side project with me and a few of my former uh, teammates that we played together in Athens. And um, we started it last November. The idea was, you know, obviously NIL was new. Um, the whole crypto market was going crazy. NFTs was all the rage. And then, Obviously, UGA was having a football season to remember, so we kind of came together with the idea that we would drop these NFTs that would commemorate um, the success of UGA's football season, and we would partner with the athletes in doing so and getting paid. 
that was the initial ideas has since morphed into something you know fairly fairly different um, but the gist of it is really it's a platform that allows these kids to connect with the fans share content information experiences uh, many of the things that they've done you know over the over the past decade or so for free via social media um, but now because of nil they can be at the core of it and they can get compensated for it and so basically our platform facilitates that that level of interaction between fans and athletes are you aim more at people who are receiving something from like companies who are coming to them or people who've created their own thing. I remember hearing years ago about, was it the kicker at central Florida that had a YouTube and they threatened to take his scholarship away from him because he was making money off that YouTube channel and oh, yeah. shut it down. Um, I have, I have actually encountered a young man who's playing for Tennessee state right now that cooks. I just stumbled across his food. This dude is a chef. He's playing on the team up there with Eddie joy. He's right place at the right time. Uh, a place that's getting some attention. Are you aim more at people who are creating their own possible NIL? Uh, it's a little bit of both, man. We do want to be a platform that allows the kids to come on there, be authentic, show their true selves, their interests, you know, beyond just athletics, and hopefully be able to leverage that and their following in a way that allows them to be compensated for it. So, I mean, it, it truly is a little bit of both. Um, you know, we've done deals that have kind of come to us, and we've also, you know, helped kids get deals. So we, the running back at Georgia is a big motorsports fan, Kendall Milton. Um, and so we were able to facilitate a deal with BMW for him. And so in that case, it was us going and fish, but then we've had a number of inbound interests um, as well. So it's really, like I say, a platform that allows these kids to get connected in a way that provides them recurring NIL opportunities. Uh, and that comes in a number of different ways. A lot of people – go ahead, go ahead, Greg. Go, go ahead. You only have one? Because uh, we, we talked about you, the changing face of, of NASCAR and how you go there and you see people like Alvin Kamara and Julio Jones – uh, with Michael Jordan being involved with Emmitt Smith being a, a part owner of, of a team, uh, would something like that be something also uh, to attract uh, a, a young athlete who's in college athletics? As far as like a partnership with the NASCAR or something Oh, like sure, that? yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think we have three or four guys at Georgia that would love to do that. So, you know, that, that I think it would absolutely be attractive, man. And I think it's really cool that these kids now can like – you know, for example, like the thing I was talking about with Kendall, he's a huge motorsports fan. For us to be able to go partner with BMW, get him paid to go spend a day on the racetrack driving around in a $150,000 car with fans, like, you know, it's good for the brands that are that are putting that on because they get exposure through the fact that they have these big-time athletes. It's obviously awesome for the athlete because when they get compensated, they get to do something they love, and then they also get to develop a professional relationship that hopefully, you know, will, will stay with them as they continue to progress through their career. So, you know, things like NASCAR, I think there's a number of brands that, you know, are, are probably going to try to leverage NIL because of just the, the marketing power that these college athletes have. There was an NIL summit um, here in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame about a month ago, and I had a chance to go. And the, the idea that I'm getting from this is we always talk about what the second act, and Greg and I, we always talk about what's the, what's the next act when somebody does one thing, the next thing that they do. And we've seen some athletes who are able to do it more successfully or easily than others. To me, this even starts athletes thinking about that second act even sooner because high school age kids could also do this. You got to keep your social media clean. You got to do certain things, but you also start working on that second act while you're playing. Absolutely, man. I agree wholeheartedly. And one of the things that we've wanted to talk about is not even from a monetary standpoint, but just from a branding and, like, again, being able to articulate yourself, your stories, control the narrative. If you do that the right way, that will provide you an opportunity once you do walk away from whatever sports you're playing to be able to leverage some of those relationships you've built. Um, but then if we do want to talk about the financial side of things, you know, a lot of the 
pushback is, yeah, these kids are young and they're going to go out and spend their money on dumb stuff and X, Y, Z. But the reality in my mind is, you know, that happens in the NFL. That happens, you know, for people that win the lottery. There's always going to be some people that, you know, don't make the best decisions with their money. But what we are doing now is giving these kids, one, the opportunity to make the mistake and hopefully learn from it a lot, a lot earlier. So later down the line when they get that money in, whether it be professional or whether it be whenever they move into their, you know, post-athletic career, um, you know, they have much more experience. They understand that, you know, the importance of being financially, uh, we'll say, literate or financially responsible. And so I think it just gives that kids an opportunity to learn. Um, and, you know, again, I don't think everybody's going to make the best decisions, but, you know, if ultimately even 30 or 40% of these kids are able to take some of this money in and start to build a foundation that can support them after they, you know, get done playing, that's a huge, that's a huge difference. I mean, that has huge, you know, socioeconomic implications. It, it really can go a long way for a lot of people. So, um, again, I'm, I'm all for it, obviously. Obviously, we, we we got something that's happening with the College Football Hall of Fame. There's something that's happening today. Event is event is coming up. No, no, we were supposed to have an event last week, man, but we had okay. to postpone. We ran into some uh, some legal stuff that we had to, to get straightened out to make sure that we were doing everything above board with some of the universities, IP, and things like that. So okay, okay, we had but to help you, postpone that. Okay, but you're gonna circle back hopefully and get and get to have that. How can people plug in? with the Players' Lounge, if, if there's some people who want to be a, a part of what you do and want to find out more and want to take part in it. Absolutely. So we are at theplayerslounge.io. Uh, you can go up there. The schools that we're at currently is obviously UGA, LSU. Uh, we'll be releasing projects at Oklahoma, Clemson, Texas, and Tennessee here shortly. Um, and so, you know, you can go to our website, check us out, make sure you subscribe to our to our email list. You can follow us on all socials at the same thing. And um, you know, we'll have a lot of big news coming out soon, so we would love to get anybody involved that wants to. Well, Keith, that's what I was going to ask you about. What's next? I mean, you got things up and running right now, but what do you see down the road for the Players' Lounge? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many opportunities because this space is so new. Um, so the first and foremost thing that we want to do is launch our project at some of these schools with the athletes that we've been working with. And so that's something that we're hoping to do within the next week or two. Um, but then I just think there's an opportunity to really develop the platform make it more immersive, make the user experience better. So, you know, the fans come to one spot and they get to engage in the athlete and it's a smooth transition. And then, you know, hopefully once we knock that out, this is something that we can take to universities across the country and replicate it. Got to let you go here, but you mentioned two of the schools included Texas and Oklahoma. How you feel about them folks coming to the conference? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great, man. Those are two blue bloods. You know, you know, they wanted those TV contracts and, you know, they have the fan bases to be able to support it. And so, you know, they don't have to take their beating for a couple of years as they get up to speed, Ooh. but long-term, it's going to be great. Ooh. The changing face of college football. Listen, he's talking about the FCC. He's talking about the Blue Bloods, and you got what's going on in the Big Ten. Everybody else has become irrelevant. And if we can bring Keith back here and we can talk about the movement and the conferences, what's going on in college football, we get a different kind of conversation out of this man. Yeah, but, yeah we will. You know, <laughs> we, we'd be at this all day long. But, listen, we can't thank you enough for getting up and being a part of the show here, Keith. Uh, much success to the Players' Lounge and whatever else that you're uh, doing because it sounds like you're reaching out and connecting with some people that um, need a mouthpiece and you're providing it. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on this morning. Um, you know, anytime you guys want to come, have me come on and talk, I'm more than more than happy to do so. So, you know, appreciate you guys' time, and I'm looking forward to reconnecting. Absolutely. All right, let's do it again soon. Keith Marshall joining us. Absolutely, here. go dogs. You know, I can't. You know, I can't. Go <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Great, great catching up with him, doing some amazing things there with the players' lounge. I think that's great. No, it, again, it's. It, I, I wonder, and and you hope that this finds its way to where he hopes it gets to because there's a lot of people out there, you know, you got every time you, you can't go two feet without tripping over a podcast, right? Yeah. And we have ours here on the Odyssey app. Yeah. And so you wonder if 
places like the Players Lounge are getting an audience. Are they being heard? Is he being able to reach the people or the guests that he brings on reach the people that they need to? Yeah. So he's working at it, and, and God bless him. You know, anybody who's doing anything media-related right now, you have got an uphill battle. But listen, when you get to where you probably want to, it is like the Wild West. Yeah. There's so many tentacles and so many avenues out there where you can find the your things space. are moving right now, so it's a nice time to jump in and give it, and give it a shot, and he's doing that. Joe Patrick, he is going to join us next. He's only wearing two hats. Instead of it's usually three or four. <laughs> Bring us up on what's going on out at Falcons Camp and also get us ready for Atlanta United in Chicago. That's up next. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com, and take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929 thegamecom It's Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning. Thank y'all for making us support. It's been like a history lesson in here, and I apologize. I'm, I've been kind of preoccupied, and I've been bringing Sam down this rabbit hole too. Oh. But I have unearthed some stuff from my family, and I again, you, and you're going to help me. It made put you discover great, great discovery. Yeah, just army stuff and 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 stuff from his time at Hampton, and and I can't keep it. I mean, some of them won't keep, but a lot of it I think they would want. Yeah. Especially not that president's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but just just all manner of things. And so we've been showing this. It's been like show and tell. A trip through the, the new uh, president's a military man. Sorry? The new president is a military oh, man. Oh, is he really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Retired military. Yep. Well, yep. anyway, we've been having some fun with that. And let's bring Joe out here. Joe Patrick's. Good morning, sir. I say good morning, sir. Are you there? We don't know if we hey, have Hey, good morning, guys. There hey, you go. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Joe. I can ramble on and give you some long-winded uh, you know, introduction, <laughs> but everybody knows you. They know we bring you on. But normally when we bring you on, we talk Braves and we talk Atlanta United, but not so much. You spent this last week up in Flowery Branch, right? I have. I've been up here every single day at training camp. Uh, the the practice today is just about to begin here at 9.30, so I'm blowing up to it right now. But, yeah, and it's been a um, productive week, I think. You know, I think everything kind of run, oh, maybe maybe better than expected. I mean, I, I don't know if that is saying too much, but, like, you know, because these guys are still, you know, they're not even in full pads yet. So there's only so much you can take away. But from what I've seen, the practices have been running very crisply. Uh, I think Arthur Smith has kind of communicated that he's happy with the amount of work that they're able to get done during these days because you're just trying to, you know, do some installations in terms of what you're trying to um, get set in the passing game, get these quarterbacks up to speed on running the huddles efficiently. And I think that Arthur Smith has been very impressed with the way that his quarterbacks have been able to hit the ground running. The, it is pretty impressive, and I had a chance to see you up there a couple of days this week, Joe. Um, you know, thoughts about there's going to be competition all over the field. You picked out a couple of areas that you're really keying in on that you're going to be looking at closely? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of competition on this team uh, for all sorts of spots, whether that's, um, you know, and, and all kinds of different situations, too. So that could be a guy like Richie Grant, who's trying to, you know, uh, enforce himself as the guy who's going to be a starting safety to the team, obviously a second-round pick last year, so a lot of draft capital, uh, you know, in, invested in him. Uh, that might be, you know, considered a battle, but there's obviously the battles that are going on in the trenches. The offensive line is probably the highest-profile one where, 
Arthur Smith just frankly said that there's three of the five offensive line spots are quote up for grabs <laughs> this uh, you know this preseason, which I think is kind of uh, I think it's refreshing honestly for fans to hear that kind of honesty from a coach not trying to coddle any of his players or trying to you know uh, put too much pressure on them because I think that fans want to see the pressure applied on some of these guys and see you know what diamonds come out of that so. Um, again, it's hard to really judge too much on the offensive line and defensive line yet. Defensive line is also going to be a bunch of competition. It's just hard to, hard to really judge them yet based on uh, the fact that those guys will shine and show what they're capable of once the pads come on. Um, but then there's also been some very interesting battles, you know, for the you know wide receiver. Obviously, they've got Drake London ready to go, uh, you know, as their top pick this year. But who's going to be coming up behind him or alongside of him? And so – um, you know, Brian Edwards has definitely been a guy that had caught my eye, especially yesterday. He had one of the highlight reel uh, catches of the day. So there's tons of competition. I asked Grady Jarrett about it, and he said that that's one of the reasons why we are seeing such a high level uh, and the kind of Christmas that we've seen through the first few days of training camp because I think everybody's kind of on their toes trying to win their jobs. So, Joe, how do you do this when you go out there? You pick a day, you're going out on Monday, you're going to look at the offensive side. And, and – Tuesday, the defensive side, special teams on Wednesday. How do you go about trying to observe this team early on, especially when you go out there? Yeah, you know, it's tough. It's it's tough because, honestly, just like logistically, the way the field is set up, uh, the media can only be close on, like, a couple of the sidelines. And so, typically, what we get to see the closest is – the wide receivers, the cornerbacks, and, you know, some, some the, the quarterbacks as well who are thrown to the wide receivers, uh, they're kind of doing their individual stuff near us. It's very hard. The linemen are on the uh, complete opposite end of the field. Uh, I don't think that's because that they know that those guys are in, uh, you know, position battles. I think it's more just that's the way it's always been set up. So it's just a little bit harder to see those guys. But I think, that, you know, the most fun part is when they get into the – seven-on-sevens, then obviously the 11-on-11s, that's when things get really interesting because then you're more in a game-type situation and you're able to kind of analyze how all these guys are working together with each other on the field. And, uh, you know, you just try to pick up little by little every single day. You know, sometimes you might not get as close to look at some guys, but then, yeah, like you said, then you keep a closer eye out for them the next day. And speaking to that, one of the things that's interesting to watch day to day, talking about this offensive line, you can't judge a ton yet. But they are running through some rotations to give some of the backups a chance to win this job. So it's very interesting to see who is lining up with that starting group from day to day. We're all watching for that, and that is a group that we're watching on both sides of the lines, offensive and defensive, and not a lot you can tell until they put those pads on coming up on Monday. Folks, we're spending time on the WaitForIt.com hotline with Joe Patrick. He is social. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at JAPatrick200. Hey, hey, what's wrong? No, I got some good news for Joe. It's only 79 degrees right now. Yeah, but is that humidity? That, that don't matter. Here? Right now, it ain't 80 it's degrees. That, yeah, see, hear him? It ain't, ain't normally by this time, we'd be cooking last week, but 79 degrees. It's huh? 80 degrees with about 100% humidity, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, hey, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take, take 79. That. There you go. That. The weather's actually been all right. There's been a nice little breeze going the fir- these first few days, so uh, it could definitely be worse. I've, I've, I've experienced worse t- days standing outside on a hot field. It's still hot, but that breeze helps. Sure it does. I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Good news. That's what I'm doing. Sure it does. Sure it does. Talk, talk about our, 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 I guess, our third-string quarterback who's doing who's catching more passes than throwing them up there. What, what yeah. do you think what you're seeing from yeah. him? 
Yeah, Felipe Franks, obviously the guy who's kind of the, the, the guy who's had the position change coming out of Florida, obviously was one of the team's backup quarterbacks, but um, they're asking him to make this change, and, you know, he's got the athleticism and the, the smarts to be able to do it. I was able to talk to him a little bit yesterday just to kind of catch up on how it's going, and, you know, I think that he, he does acknowledge the fact that he's played quarterback is an advantage for him in certain situations, uh, not necessarily because he will be the team's emergency quarterback, but just because when he is lining up at tight end, he knows what the quarterback's looking at coverage-wise. Uh, he knows what he needs to do and some of the areas that he can get into where he can be effective. And he's made some good catches. So, you know, he's actually been performing out there uh, as well so far this preseason or in this training camp. So uh, good stuff from Felipe Franks. He has not taken one single rep yet at quarterback. That's something that Arthur Smith said that they will do down the line just to get him prepped to be the emergency guy. But that's one of the very interesting things about this Falcons camp, guys, is that you, I, I don't know if there's any other – team in the NFL right now that is running their training camp with only two quarterbacks like the Falcons are doing and what that really allows is for both Marcus Mariota and uh, Desmond Ritter to get an incredible amount of reps just to really really get a lot of work done in terms of just understanding this Arthur Smith offense obviously it's one Mariota is more familiar with than Desmond Ritter but both of them seem to be running things very very effectively there are not many mistakes being made that I can see in terms of, you know, miscommunications and getting themselves lined up correctly. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It's uh, Joe Patrick joining us. All right, you got to take one of your hats off unless you got one more football no, question. No, no, no. All right, man. Let us know what we all need right, to say. <laughs> Let us know. Well, well, first of all, they're not at the United Center. Yeah, you weren't listening. Right. I, was, <laughs> yeah. I was messing around and, and I made a mistake. My mistakes have been put on front page today, and that's okay. But, uh, yeah, I was having a conversation about them playing. Anyway, what are we looking at when we look at this Atlanta United team right now? Because we do, we can speculate on a number of things, but from week to week you tell me about this issue and that issue and this person leaving and yeah. wonder if so-and-so's coming back. So as they head up to uh, up to Chicago for this match, where is this? how do you describe this team right now? Well, it's a massive game tonight for this team. Kind of, you know, it's, their backs are already up against the wall and kind of have been for the last couple games. Uh, but this one really, like, if, if you really want to have any you know decent chance of making the playoffs, you gotta you gotta you gotta not lose at least here, uh, but preferably win. It's gonna be tough because the Chicago Fire have been uh, a to- they revamped their team. They had a couple big aqu- uh, acquisitions during the summer transfer window and have gotten a lot better. I'm interested to see if Thiago Almada finally starts. Gonzalo Pineda, the head coach, obviously came under a bunch of criticism for not starting him uh, in the team's last game. And it will just be very interesting to see whether he's able to start and make an impact. But, you know, I think that all these players, regardless of whether he starts or not, you got to just kind of um, play this one like your life depends on it because the season kind of does for Atlanta United at this point. Uh, It's a huge test. The team has only won one game on the road all season. I think out of 10 or 11 games that they've played, which is a terrible road record. Obviously, it's very hard to win on the road in MLS, but, um, you know, you've got to turn things around at some point. So this is where the rubber meets the road here tonight for Atlanta United. First 10 minutes, crucial. Uh, first of all, maybe yep. not if they if they don't score in the first 10 minutes, but if they don't give up an uh, early goal. Yeah. This team is tied for worse than MLS in terms of goals given up within the first 15 minutes of games. They've given up eight goals this season during that time and when you give up a goal you're likely you you likely have not scored yourself in the first 15 minutes 
and you just set yourself up behind you know the eight ball you just can it's very hard to dig yourself out of that hole and it just sets you up to get counterattacked and just could see it ripped apart even more um as the game progresses so they really have got to come out and be sharp from the get-go when this game starts tonight what's the chicago team like they're you know chicago is an interesting one they've they've been a team that's been frankly very bad um, for much of the last probably two or three years. In fact, Atlanta United has already beaten Chicago this year at Mercedes-Benz Stadium four to one. I think it was either four one or four nothing. I mean, it was a total beatdown. But that was before this team made some big acquisitions during this summer transfer window that have really helped them turn things around. And this team is a totally different team now. They are uh, on a major winning stretch right now. They've you know they're, they're in some of the best form in the league and so this is not going to be an easy game at all um the one thing is that the you know, also atlanta united has also had terrible trouble going to chicago and playing over the years even when they have been poor so uh, it's going to be a tough one it's something but at least they don't have to feel like um you know greg was thinking they're going to be a united center i said this could be worse than yankee stadium uh <laughs> they have to go and play it so at least at least they won't yeah. have i'd be a futsal game if they were playing in, in the united center <laughs> Maybe all right, y'all. All right, y'all. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe, thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning. Always great catching up, and uh, you stay stay hydrated out there, Flowery Branch today. Yeah, will do. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem, man. We'll talk to you next week. Y'all leave me alone. All right. <laughs> yeah. I know they don't play soccer in the United Center. <laughs> but it'd be just as magical to figure out how they put a statue that was built on the outside. Now it's inside. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. Going to talk to Mark Zeno, who is out at Flowery Branch. Get yep. ready to take over 10 o'clock. Going to talk to him. Hope people will go by and say hello. When say hello to him, right? Going out to Falcons practice take, today. Take a little refreshment if you get a second. How about that? It's Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. Pains to rose, some strangers Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. I hear this song, I think about that cut Corvette riding down Biscayne Boulevard. Supposed to be a Porsche, but we all know that wasn't no Porsche. That was a cut Corvette. You ain't fooling nobody. (laughs) It's Sam and Greg. We are going to not just turn things over, we're going to see how he's doing. Mark Zeno, who's out the Flowery Branch, going to broadcast live from Falcons Training Camp from 10 until 1. We're going to talk to him in a little bit. And want to remind you, you want to join former uh, offensive lineman Brian Baldinger and NFL insider. And I'm going to mess this guy's name up. I apologize, NFL insider Jason Lacanfora. And I'm getting I'm getting crickets here as far as did I yeah, pronounce that right. right. As they dissect the storylines, that'll shake up training camp. Get ready for the season with Bali's Breakdowns on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Okay. There you go. Okay. Um... All right, we got, we got some things we're going to clean up here. Speaking of training camp, I want to remind you that all next week, well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then on Friday, we are going to be out at Flowery Branch. Talked about Zeno's out there right now. Yeah. You got John and Hugh and Andy and Randy. Okay. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday out. Actually, Friday, you know who's going to be out there? Who's that? John and Hugh. Steak and Sandra. Ah. Because the fourth is the big premiere around here, right? Right. Mm-hmm. 
We have a party. We have a band. We have some. some I don't know. Some some bunting. Something. I don't know. Some wings. Can't have no wings. No. Nope. I can't eat chicken wings. Uh oh. Yeah. You can't eat them fried. I can't. Well, yeah. You that's can. True. That's what it said. You can get them other. Get them other way. You they, know how they, I, they, I, they do come other ways. Yeah, you're right. And I've been having them that way. And okay, I've been buying least, a lot yeah. of lemon pepper chicken whole. Yeah. <laughs> like Elwood Blues or fried chickens on a coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I've been I've been you can buying get them that. Other way. They do come other yes, ways. Yes, they do. Yes. But here's the test of my commitment. I have made a big old pot of collard greens just the other day. Yeah. Haven't really had any because I can't have no cornbread. Uh, you know what I mean? So I can't. I, I, you, you, you can't, can't do one without the I other. I can't do one without the other. I'm sorry. I just can't. I, I, it's like drinking black coffee. You know, you just <laughs> I got to have the cornbread. But this is a testament to my, no, absolutely. To my commitment. There. Absolutely. Something else I had. I, I left one it. part of it out. And But anyway, um want to thank the guests that we have had on here today before we get really busy. Dave Hunter joined us, the Corky Kell director, former coach, and a dude, the only guest that we've had on here who's got a stadium named after him. Yeah, only one I can think of. You're right. Yeah. Um, Very nice stadium. Eric's World. Let mm-hmm. me know about snow cones that were out there. at the, What was the event that they were, you were at? Atlanta Open. Atlanta Open. Okay. Yeah. Still more days. They're playing again today and tomorrow. So it stands for you to go over there and see good tennis and get your snow cone. And I am sure that Eddie Gonzalez and his entire staff are putting on a first-class presentation yeah. for this year's Atlanta Open. Absolutely. Okay. It has been. It has been a great effort, and uh, crowds have come out, and they've enjoyed great tennis. It was a bit, really good crowds. I, you know, and listen, by the way, let's just – we talk about Eddie Gonzalez, but all the events that have happened here that, that, that make our fingerprint international – and the last one before that was Quaker State 400. Mm-hmm. And we know what kind of we set up Brandon Hutchinson and his folks do out there. They've all been beyond reproach. And so whatever is coming next, just enjoy. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Could be some playoffs. Like that. Yeah, like that. So anyway, um, and you talked about uh, NASCAR a little bit there. You looking forward to I'm, – I'm actually looking forward to the presentation of this t- tomorrow. I and we're, 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 I'm even tuning in and try to catch a little of the IndyCar today just to see how, you know, and see what they have to say about being in town the same time as uh, as NASCAR. We got Dustin Long joining us at 7.20 tomorrow, so he'll be bringing us up. NBC's got the call for the Brickyard 400. I had forgotten um, the actual year this started, mm-hmm. and so as you and I were talking about this, I had asked you, I said, did Dale Earnhardt Sr. ever win this thing? Yeah. And I had forgotten it started at 94. 94. And, uh, and he Earth won the second one? Won the second one. Jeff Gordon's cleaned this up, but it's still between Jeff Gordon <laughs> and Jimmy a, Johnson. This is the Jeff Gordon show, man. Jeff Gordon ruled it. He won the first one. He ended up winning it five times. And how many times did Jimmy Johnson win it? Uh, four times. Whew. So, yeah, they, they really they really rule that thing. Now, did Junior win it, Earnhardt? I'm just wondering if there's a father and son kind of thing here. If that's the only one. If, if there's been a family connection to this race. We know we got it with Daytona, yeah. But I yeah, wonder if yeah, the Brickyard. Yeah. No, they have to look that up and see if he and see if Junior was able to win that. Because we know that like, it's like happening in Indy. Car. Oh, yeah. That's happened a bunch of times with families. We also want to see if Chase Elliott would win it because Bill Elliott has won that before. The Brickyard. Yeah, Bill Elliott won with oh. the Brickyard. Oh, it was like toward the back end. Of his career. I was gonna say because he was na- he was eighty five was the year he really yeah, blew so up, right? Are we talking about the in the mid to late nineties when Bill Bill won up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, in a related story, we, uh, as Sam was reminding me that Chase Elliott won last week, but he didn't find out till he landed back here in Georgia, wherever he left, <laughs> after the race. So he didn't get the pictures taken and all that stuff. But 
we have to find out. You can and change I'm, the caps. Yeah, you yeah, can do you know, that. All that stuff you do at the end of a race. You know, what do you all drink the at the end of them? Well, you drink your sponsored you, stuff. You, you don't drink sponsor, milk like yeah, any. You, know, you drink your, whatever you sponsor, your Gatorade or whatever they got to sponsor Victory Lane. But, you know, you pose for pictures there for about a half hour. Oh, absolutely. They bring the caps in for every sticker on yep. that car. Yep, That folks bring out caps. Like, where all these hats come from? And you know whatever. It well, was, he'll do it now. He'll just do it. Get somebody no. put it in front of a green screen here, and he'll do and he'll do the thing. You know, whatever it is, Sunoco gas, Sunoco gas. Who is this? You know. And actually, you know. that would be funnier. Delco batteries, Delco batteries. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would have a special, it would right. have sort of a special connection. But <laughs> what, I'm saying, what I'm surprised the, the, the is we have thing after the race is amazing, but. I'm surprised, though, your folks haven't got reached out to us. you got some people up there in Dawsonville, right, that know about this? Yeah, the folks we, at the pool room. We haven't heard what they did at the pool room. Nobody <laughs> called and told us before we get on out. We ain't got time now because we're out here in like five minutes. Who is it? Well, you know, I do, I'll do some research on that today. I, I, well, you can call say, us tomorrow. We'll be here I, from I, 6 I, until I, 10. And I, I found out what happened at the pool room when they found out that Chase won and they found out sun, late Sunday night. Did they wake every? They scare everybody up there? <laughs> that thing on in the middle of the night. For those of you who don't know, there's a pool room up in Dawsonville that when an Elliot wins a race, they hit a, as you like to say, the siren. <laughs> they, what, why are you saying like? Because I like the way you said that. They, a siren. Did they turn to say they run the siren? Now, how long does a siren run for? It just goes, go, just goes as long as they feel like running. Because you hear a siren for more than thirty. 15 seconds. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, you feel like something bad's happening. Yeah, you know, really. You start now. looking up in the sky. And- yeah, right, right. Anything <laughs> falling? Uh, no, but, but I think people up in that area recognize it down through the years, and they've been hearing it more and more with Chase the last few years with him winning the championship. They've been, you know, it's been kind of a regular thing to hear it after so many weeks. So, uh, and the way he's going right now, he's on a roll. But to get this after they all watched the race, right. and they saw him come in third. And they saw somebody else do the do the post race interviews. They saw somebody else get you know stand up there with the Gatorade shower and all. They say saw, saw somebody else do all those things. I'm telling you, this would be an event. They should have it in. They got Town Square in Dawsonville. Yeah, they, they should have him there. With he don't. He don't want to celebrate it though. He doesn't. No, he, just for the just for the pictures yeah, for the cap. He he's, he said he don't want to celebrate. Well, it. now the one thing he won't give back is them points. No, he won't. And a check. You know what I'm right? You get, <laughs> he won't get that he back either. The check and the first place points, uh, he'll be happy to accept those. Because <laughs> <laughs> his points lead is now, I think, 105. So he, he that allowed him to really extend that lead some uh, by getting that win last week. Uh, Keith Marshall, I want to thank him for coming on. Former Georgia Bulldog. played for. Uh, we were going to ask him what he thinks of his Washington. Commanders. Yeah, which wasn't the name then, but I was just going to say his Washington football team. No, no. And and what's going on up there? I haven't had a chance to talk to him about that. Also, the other thing about his thoughts on the position he played and the importance it used to have in, in football, and now it's sort of And they're talking about Zeke Elliott like he's like done. The way no. they're talking about it going in the game. Seventh year, only had so many this many yards last you year. You saw like, the way he looked last year. He doesn't look like he he far removed from the first couple of years and what he looked like at Ohio State. Long from that, and most running backs are like you can't. And we, we, we're waiting to see how Derrick Henry comes back. We we know what he means to Tennessee, and we know what he looks like when he's in form. Right. We're curious to see how he comes back and what he's able to do for that team. It's uh, the running back position, you know, just changes. I mean, at all levels of the game. And you know, yeah, you can't. There's not gonna be know, too many Frank Gores who last no, forever. No, who lasts that? Who lasts that long? <laughs> Or any situations, even at the high school level, where one player is going to get the ball that many times mm-hmm. in the game. Mommies and daddies ain't happy. You know, we winning, yeah, but you know, I got my kid over here ain't touching the ball. 
You know, you, you know what I mean? So, no, you're so, right. So you, 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 the, the days of a high school player getting the ball 35, 40 times a night are kind of gone. Now, where do we where do we look back and see where this started? We can talk about that well, dude who wore right number in. seven here and, and, and where he took it to the next level because all quarterbacks have to be mobile now. They, they don't do. have to have Michael. They don't have to have the abilities Vic brought, but you you got a guy who touches the ball every play, and if he can move – Similar to a running back, why, why, why have that handoff? We've heard that ad nauseum, and that's what's going on with that position. Why should well, I hand it to you when well, my well, quarterback well, can take off and do some things? Well, also, though, you don't want that being something a quarterback does on a regular. No, not on you a regular. Want, you don't want to dangle him out there for linebackers who are just as fast as he is. But the linebacker is not going to, get, he's not going to wind up and hit the quarterback. He's going to get hit pretty much right away if he's going to run the ball, as opposed to a running back who's got a, who's got a defensive player who's you know ready, set, go. And he's like a missile at the running back or who's ever got that ball. So, I again, just getting his take on that would have been interesting. Dang, Keith yeah, Marshall, that yeah. is. So, uh, like I said, we're going to talk to um, um, Mark Zeno here in just a little bit. I got to remind folks I had mentioned casting call here. I'm going to be over on Car on Star 94 tomorrow Monday, okay. tomorrow Sunday, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So Monday with mm-hmm. Cannon, okay, and then Ramona, who has got something going on. Project-wise. She always got something happening. Well, she got something going always on. Always got something And happening. wants me to tell you, be ready okay. to get a call. And I got a feeling this is some kind of movie project. Oh, really? Yeah. That's all I can say. Okay. And okay. she says, you tell Sam that I got a role for him. Okay. Yeah, all man. Right. All right. All right. Yeah. All so right. I'm just letting you know. And I mentioned also earlier that it was um, um, birthday of C.T. Vivian. Yes. Wayne Overstreet is the person who produced the documentary, I can't remember the name of it, where it is, but if you Google Wayne Overstreet or C.T. Vivian, you will find the production. He put something together probably four or five years ago having okay. to do with him, his connection with Dr. King, but just more importantly, who he was to the civil rights movement and and put that out there because we had a bunch of birthdays today as we get ready to get on out of here. Oh, Joe Patrick, too. Didn't thank him. We always talk to Joe. Yeah. So, um, Stay hydrated, Joe. Yes, we do. Drink water. Uh-oh. Out some of the small stories we may have missed with Sam and Greg. <laughs> I guess I do got to get rid of this stuff here. <laughs> On this date, <laughs> a guy named... You told Kate- me to hit it. I did. <laughs> Caitlin won the... Got the world record and won the decathlon, decathlon on this date in the 76 Olympics. 76 Olympics. Bruce Jenner... Now, Caitlyn Jenner yeah. won the decathlon, making him the world's greatest athlete on this day. Front of the Wheaties box. Yes, he was. J.R. Richard. Yeah, this man. was the day he suffered that stroke. Wow. Just before the game started. Astros were playing that. a game. He was playing catch with somebody and suffered a stroke. And... <sighs> yeah, it was never the same. No, he really wasn't. Uh, the Braves on this day removed Chief Nakahoma. Took, took the TP down. Took it all down to make more money. That's right. They, did, they took it down to put more seats in that place. Uh, Faye Vincent suspended George Steinbrenner on this day. Tommy Lasorda managed his last Dodgers game on this day, 96. Um, and again, birthdays, Henry Ford. Like, yeah, the Henry Ford. Casey Stengel. Bud Selig. Whoa. Buddy Guy. Paul Lanka, who I would like to have his job or his life as far as his career. Dude wrote one song and sat back and went cha-ching every night for 30 years. 
Paul Inka wrote the Tonight Show thing with Johnny Carson. Oh, man. So every time it played, he got a check. Man, how sweet is that? (laughs) I mean, jeez. Jimmy Cliff. Okay. Come on. You like your reggae music. Um, Reggie Roby. May he rest in peace. Lost Mm -hmm. him in 05. Mm -hmm. Chris Mullen. Terry Q. Terry Crews. Host of America's Got Talent. Nine, was it? Nine, nine something, nine precinct. I don't watch that show. Say what you will about this woman. Hope Solo. Yeah. It is her birthday today. Yeah. And speaking of women who you kind of got to you got to look up and see the connection to them, Anita Hill. Yeah. Anita Hill's birthday is today. Anyway, do we have time to talk to our man out there? Of course. Is you he do. ready to go? Of course I am. I'm always ready. Ah, uh, uh, there he is. Well, there I, he is. I have a chance. I had a chance catching him coming out of the elevator. Have you had a chance to welcome him back? I haven't had a chance to see him yet. Well, please take the floor and, okay. and, and as we welcome Mark Zeno here and let him know how you feel about it. Mark, great, great great, to see you back and great to have you back in the in the mix and great to have you out at Falcons camp. It was like uh, being out there. Is that the dulcet tones I hear of Sam Crenshaw? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, my God. It just That, that bass in his voice, it hits your soul. Uh, well, you we know? played some Barry White earlier in tribute to him. So, <laughs> hey, Mark, man, listen. Let, now, let's let's take a second here and, and yeah. talk about you know the journey that you have had since you left here the first time. We couldn't be happier that you're back. And listen, it gives a perspective. We talk, and I'm not making fun of you, but it, I have said this before about this business, and this isn't a tribute to you, um, but I have said I never got better in this as a broadcaster until I got fired. Yeah. Or you well, were put, or you were put on the bench for whatever reason. Listen, you were, you were put on the I've bench. I've been canned more than tuna, so uh, <laughs> oh, no. I haven't got a lot of practice at getting fired. Uh, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. I, I no, know. and I wasn't saying you about being fired, but what I no, was going to say is about you sort of being on the bench, like an athlete who, for whatever reason, you know, an injury that put him on the bench. When they come back in, they see the game with a different perspective. Sure, no, and I'm and, saying. And, it's been a it's been a crazy journey, you know. I started out here in Atlanta uh, over eight years ago, right here at this station. Uh, and so, over the course of the last eight years, I've had other opportunities, other chances to do other things. And the fact that I'm back here now, sitting back at training camp, uh, is awesome. Uh, it's it's amazing to be here, and uh, this is just a it's a great station. Uh, it's got an awesome cast. It's got a great lineup, and I'm, I'm just happy to be back. You know, I, I, I'm I'm very content at this point in my career being a role player. <laughs> So uh, I am I am more than happy to uh, uh, you know to be the uh, the part time filling guy for now and, and let's see where things go in the future. But uh, it's just great to be back, man. You know the energy around this station, the energy around uh, everything that we do with the Falcons and the Hawks and Atlanta United and all that. I mean, it's just uh, it, it's great to be back. So I appreciate you guys saying that. Thank you. Oh man, absolutely. And and by extension, I couldn't remember what branch of the service you were in, but we have been no, talking. I'm, st- I'm still in the army for the time being until they decide they want to get rid of me. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a colonel in the army. Yeah, really? I no, I knew he was. I wasn't sure he was done, but yeah, this dude. He I got, thought you were done. though. No, nah, man, this dude oh, got man. some stripes. Listen, uh, if, if 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 me being back here is proof of anything, you you can't kill a man who never sleeps. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 well, you, you, it takes a lot to take me down. You need a silver bullet, stake to the heart, and everything else. So uh, I'm, I'm still kicking it around the army. I, I I got some some work left to do, hopefully. Um, but you know. Uh, 20-plus years and, and still going strong. Uh, my body doesn't agree with me after 20-plus years, but nonetheless. We should have this dude's body. You see this guy cut? Yeah, dude. Oh, man, please, yeah, I don't yeah. want to hear about it. Listen, this guy's been cut more by doctors than, <laughs> in the recent years than anything else. Thank, so. you, thank you for your service. Yes, the reason we've been talking service, about man. it is because my pops was uh, – he, he, I found a lot of his stuff that was unearthed going back to D-Day. 
So um, we were, we've were we been kind of talking about this morning. But you're out at Flowery Branch. You're going to be talking football. It's Falcons training time. You're going to be there till 1 o'clock today. We have sent some folks your way to come by, bring you some refreshments. But looking forward to your perspective on these early days with the camp. And, of course, the rest of us are going to be out there all next week broadcasting starting Monday through Friday. So, Mark, have yourself a great show. We can't thank you enough. We'll and do, gentlemen. Thank you. Welcome back. Mark Zeno is going to join us next. Sam, we'll be here tomorrow. Back in the morning. Back from 6 a.m. until 10. Eric, you have a good rest of your day. Thank you for everything. Mr. Crenshaw, you too. The rest of you, have a big day. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com, and take us with you on the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 